everybody, and welcome to episode 20 of the Gold Car Podcast. This will be take two. <laughs> uh, have a bit of a mishap in the first minute recording there. So, uh, getting a little bit, a little bit of a late start this week, guys. Uh, we have um, a Friday recording, so we missed the first half of the LEC and the Friday morning slate in the eastern regions this week. So we're going to have a bit of a shorter slate, but the game plan is going to be to go over the slate, uh, then we're going to take some listener questions we got from you guys, and then we'll do pick of the week. And then before I forget, let me introduce my co-host, because <laughs> now I'm all out of whack between Night Shift and this. I'm just all messed up this week. So I'm Vince Kaladi at Chaladi LOL. With me tonight, we have John George at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? Calvin T at Ruler R. Sama. Hi, everyone. And Chris Chung at Prime Time. What up, what up? Alrighty, cool. So, <laughs> I almost forgot. I'm just Blu-ray fast and I'm all messed up now. So, uh, like I said, I already laid out the slate, uh, what we're going to be doing tonight. So, let's, unless you guys have anything to add, let's dive right into this uh, LCK slate for this weekend, for Saturday and Sunday. Let's do it. Alright, cool. So, I, I already wrote up on Saturday, so I'll I'll go a little bit deep. We have Sandbox minus 1667. It's, who, who can, it, there's only one opponent this could be, right? <laughs> Uh, it's got to be SKT. That's it. Yeah. The one and only Jinair Greenwings. Wait. Oh. At plus Wait, it's not a challenger team? Wow. Oh, my oh, God. i savage, dude. <laughs> so, uh, the, the Sandbox minus 1.5 is at minus 370. The Jinair plus 1.5 is at plus 247. Okay. So, Korea coming back from Rift Rivals. Uh, they didn't really come back because it was in Korea, so it wasn't any like travel or anything like that. But... It's been kind of a weird week so far. Uh, obviously, this morning, anybody that saw the results from this morning, I was <laughs> uber shocked from that. Uh, King yeah, Zone dropped. That. A, yeah, that was a bit surprising. King Zone dropped a game to KT earlier this week. Uh, th- there's been some surprising results, but then like some unsurprising ones too, like SK Telecom's just rolling over everybody. So, so here's the thing. So Sandbox got two would by Damn One the other day. Uh, they they lost. They, Dan one had a really really creative draft in game one that I think caught Sandbox. Well, definitely caught Sandbox off guard. And in game two, they did this weird thing where they they just drafted. They drafted Olaf with three losing lanes, which is like always a losing you know proposition. So I don't know. Th- to me, there's two ways you can look at this. You can look at this as in the, like the pro gen air side would be. Okay, Sandbox's coach clearly doesn't know what he's doing, or like the person responsible for drafting clearly doesn't know what they're doing on this patch, and their priorities are all out of whack. The other angle you could take is there's no way they make that mistake again after making it once, right? So, if you, I don't know, if do you guys have any thoughts on this? I'm not touching this game. I'm probably going to include the Sandbox minus 1.5 in parlays because Jinair really is bad. Like there, there's just there's yeah, there's not a lot of hope for this team. I, I want there to be, but. This just feels like a non-bet to me. Even the minus 1.5 for Sandbox is out of range, especially given, like you said, that sometimes uh, these bad teams, when they have a long break, can come up with a little something. But it's still not good enough to make me want to play the Jinair plus 1.5. So nothing for me. Yeah, I I might include this in parlays, but uh, Chris, Calvin, anything on this one? I mean, when you look at the game, when you look at that game, sorry, I'm um, checking on the phone. When you look at that game, Jinnair had every chance to at least take one game in their last one. I think it was against Kingzone. But yeah. the the problem shows they cannot 
finish a game. They cannot. They they have no plan. They have no idea what to do. Uh, this, yeah, don't don't touch this game. I'm sure better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, not, not not too much on this one. So next up, we have arguably the match of the week. We have Damwon minus one fifty six against Kingzone plus one seventeen. The uh, Damwon minus one point five is at plus one sixty eight. This, this one is game. interesting. Yeah, this is match of the week. I think in the LCK, this might be match of the week any region. Damwon is just on a tear lately. I mean, earlier in the season or last season, you would have snatched Kingzone uh, in this matchup at this price. Damzone, uh, Damwon's on an awful big tear recently, though. Yeah, Damwon, it's Damwon are kind of they're they're interesting to me because all year long I've been saying this team isn't really that refined. They're they're clearly good. The players are just unbelievably good. Their top half of the map is unbelievably good. It, it, that includes the subs, by the way. Like Flame is a sub. That's a good problem to have, right? Like so. Nogri and Showmaker for like Nogri especially like for sometimes has these boneheaded plays, but like Showmaker, you can make an argument Showmaker is the best mid laner on the planet right now. At least he's playing that way. He's out of control good right now. Uh, Canyon's just always there. Like, th- so th- the issue I had with this team for a while was that they were, they were clearly talented, but they were really raw, right? They were a young team. They were, they were rambunctious. Like they sometimes got ahead of themselves, you know, but they're like they're like getting a lot more discipline. They're not they're not quite SKT or Griffin level yet, like in terms of like discipline anyway. But for what they lack in that, they just lack in pure chops. Like this team is unbelievably talented, and they they seem to be getting better and better every day. Now earlier in the season, I bet King I bet Damwon against Kingzone. That was when Kingzone was on a roll, and Damwon was looking you know more like they've looked all year. Now. I think Damwon not only look better, but like I bet Damwon before in this matchup because I thought they pre- they they present a unique challenge for Kingzone, right? So Kingzone's the the one weakness Kingzone has is that their solo laners aren't quite at, at like the world class level that say a Griffin or an SK Telecom or you know Damwon or Afrika have, right? Like they don't they don't have, and you saw uh, you. It was potentially a problem at the international level too. Like against Invictus, I thought they'd they'd have no shot, right? Now they they ended up taking that. But so Kingzone's solo laners are good and they've been performing well, but they that's gonna be the that will be the downfall of this team if there's any weakness to it, right? They're very smart. They come up with creative solutions to things. I just don't know how they solve Damwon here. Like, do you guys see any kind of angle for this? Like Seems like a bottom side of the map versus top side of the map battle. Yeah. Uh, Damwon should have the advantage in the solo lanes. Kingzone should have the advantage in the bot lane. Just depends how they draft, where it plays out. I think this is maybe a little bit closer to a 50-50 for me than it is for you. I would give Damwon a slight edge. Yeah. But it, just I think a lot of this is going to come down to their compositions. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting to me because I, I kind of feel like the value here is in King Zone, not just because of like the the track record over the course of the season, but because I I agree with you, John. I think if I was like just straight up rating these teams, I think it is closer to fifty fifty, and I think it is closer than this line. But I just have a hard time not taking Damwon right now at any kind of bettable number. So I I'm already in on this for a moderate. I'm on Damwon money line for a moderate amount. I'm not gonna. I think this should be this should be a good series. It wouldn't surprise me to see. Kingzone take a game or even take the series. Like Kingzone is still a good team. Make no mistake, people. Mm-hmm. Like it's they're still very, very good. Uh yeah, Kevin, there's a reason why we call this game 
Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't have mine's pretty quick. I really don't have a lean to it. Uh, both teams have really looked good. Um, and I don't, I don't know. It's really hard to see who's going to come out. And I think it's going to come to the drafting style and stuff like that. So I want to lean King Zone on this one. But like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if damn one comes out and just stays hot. This is the kind of game for me where I, what I like to do with games like this where I really think they're very close and I think a lot of it's going to come down to the drafts and stuff. I like to play a hedge against myself. I'll probably end up playing one of these teams in DFS and the other one I'll bet and it'll depend on who I think is going to be lower owned in DFS. I'll play that team in DFS and I'll bet the other one. Yeah, the, the, other option, the other option in situations like this is to just like bet the underdog or bet where you think the value is and then if the favorite takes a lead or if the favorite, you know, or if the underdog gets ahead, you can actually just pile on that kind of situation or the other way around and just like, you know, kind of hedge that way if it's not through DFS. Uh, I think, I think this should be an interesting series. I, I think it should, it should be noted that I'm not baking in the sandbox more or less. Dan one kind of cheesed them a little bit in game one and then, and then sandbox kind of gifted them a win in game two. So I'm not overrating the fact that Dan Juan just two owed Sandbox because I'm not putting too much stock into that series. I was more concerned about Sandbox than like impressed with Dan Juan, uh, which is kind of weird to say because this was an impressive looking series. Like there were a lot of tower dives and they were, they looked like an LPL. They looked like Invictus honestly in this game, like in this series. Yeah, like they were doing like they were playing like a Chinese team. It's, it was actually kind of interesting to see. But. Damwon's numbers, for the record, are uh, pretty similar to Chinese teams for the season. Uh, I was, I've was i been looking over the stats the last couple hours, and uh, there's a couple teams in the LCK, including Damwon, whose like, kill per wins and death per losses are very similar to LPL teams, which is totally different from last season. There was nobody in the LCK that was rivaling the LPL last season. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of cool that all the LCK team, and you seen you saw it with SK Telecom a little bit this week too, where they they are definitely learning from these international like scrimmages and exhibitions. Absolutely, like they're they're one hundred percent. They're not just being stubborn to themselves. They're still a little bit. Res- you can tell the the Korean style is still there. Um, it's still prevalent. They're still really reserved, but they're definitely like taking note. They they saw. I mean, they saw they they they've been blown out the last year and. We see this was the first tournament that they really evolved, and they won. So, yep. yeah, this is this is, to, to me. This is probably the best game this weekend, or the best series this weekend in any region. So, I'll be I'll be tuned in with the popcorn on for this one. So, definitely excited. Uh, Sunday, we have. Well, you know what? Hold on. Go ahead. I didn't. Just quickly, I agree with John. This should be a closer uh, to a fifty-fifty game. So that's why I made Kingsville my pick of the week. Oh, oh okay. pick okay. of the week. Okay, pick uh, of the week. I could see that, and like he, this, that's the thing, right? Like I, I will, I could understand. This is one of those series that I could understand justification for either side, as long as you have like a good thought process and good points for it. Strictly for, yeah. and I said it, like strictly from a value standpoint, I think Kingzone is the play here. Like if you rate these two teams as like different but the same quality, you take the you know you take the number, right? Absolutely. So I could see that. I like it. An out-on-a-limb pick of the week from Chris Chung. I nice dig job. It. I dig it. Sunday, we have Griffin minus 833 against Afrika plus 472. 
The Griffin minus 1.5 is at minus 196. I don't know. Afrika entices me a little bit here, and it's it's not because Gen G beat Griffin, which is ridiculous. But <laughs> yeah. Afrika still at almost plus 500. That's a lot for a team that has solo lanes as strong as Afrika, even though they've been backsliding in recent weeks. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead. And, so I, I actually need to I need to update this because this line has changed uh, after this okay, morning's so, result. So okay. Griffin is now minus 500. The minus 1.5 is at minus 132, and Afrika Ooh. is plus 323, and the plus 1.5 is at minus 103. So now that's a huge movement, right? Now I I mm-hmm. before this series this morning I actually put. Uh, a wager on Afrika in this series, the Afrika plus 1.5 at plus 142. I put a two-unit wager in on that. And my reasoning was exactly like John said. Like, Afrika's a good team. Afrika's, like, way, way better than their record shows. And even though I think Griffin is, like, one of the best teams in the world, <laughs> it looks a lot worse after this morning, but, you know, that's a different point. Uh, even though I think even though I think Griffin are one of the best teams in the world, I think Afrika is a quality team that are like in that tier below them, and there's no way these odds should be this far apart. So I, I don't think know how also much... teams are streaky in general. Uh, if 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 Griffin is affected at all by the loss last night, it's very possible that carries over a little bit into this series. Usually, a couple days off I think makes a big difference. Uh, as far as like refreshing a team's mental, letting them get back to their practice routines and feel better about everything. Griffin is a better team, but it's possible there's some some weight carrying over from taking a loss. Yeah, I also think Gen G weirdly laid out so I'll I have to dive into Griffin a little bit here. So Griffin have had different identities in spring season and summer season, right? They've started out from the same baseline and they've developed like a you know a final form, so to speak, right? In springtime, and a lot of it revolved around Sword, honestly. So in springtime, it was around Sword playing on engaged champions and bruisers, right? This this season, it's been more about Sword just playing a priority pick, whether it's Karma or Jace or Aatrox, like just somebody that can shove so that he can retain priority in the top side of the map and let Tarzan do his thing, right? So that Tarzan can play around mid and bottom, right? So... Gen G kind of laid out a way to beat that by just forcing him to play carries. Uh, and, and that's... He played the Karma in game one last night and was ahead, and the game just kind of got away from him with a weird draft. In game two tonight, they kind of forced him to play... Uh, they played Camille into Gangplank, and he just got bodied by Kuve. Like, Kuve just whooped on him. Like, as Gangplank. Now, Gangplank, it's not as lopsided as you'd think that matchup, so it's not like this was like an automatic win for Camille or anything like that, but... Kuve was styling on him with Gangplank, and granted, he's pretty good, but anyway, I'm getting di- I'm digressing here. This line has moved down a lot. I think not just because of overreaction this morning, but because I think a lot of people realize like this was way too big of a spread, right? Yeah, it seems too far apart, and it is kind of another interesting side note, but uh, Griffin is one of the only teams in the LCK who is their like, CKPM, kill per win, death per loss, is going down. They're like the only team in the LCK that's slowing down and having less bloody games than they used to. So that that is kind of maybe could be a little telling as well that they're finding a style, but maybe not necessarily a style that fits as well with the modern meta. Calvin, you got anything on this one? Um, no, I I don't. Know. I mean, as a betting perspective, um, 
I do. I think the line should be just a little bit closer. Afrika, um, not saying that Griffin is just like regressing super hard, like the you know, like other people think, but um, Afrika really does have a legitimate shot. You know what I mean? And we say it almost every time. In the bottom half is just the issue. You know, if the if the top half and the map can just hold their hold their own and you know play to their potential, you know they can take out they can they, they can definitely take out Griffin. So. I think I'm gonna throw a unit on Afrika money line. So, yeah, I, I, I just think like the other thing is Afrika are a team that aren't opposed to experimenting or trying weird stuff, and that's kind of like how you beat Griffin, right? Like Griffin are good enough to you can throw something like a curveball at them and they'll just like soak it in and then just like turn it back on you. Like they're a good enough team to do that. But if you just try to play Griffin straight up, you're not going to beat them. Like no, yeah. no, I don't, I don't think there's anybody on the planet that beats Griffin straight up. Maybe SK Telecom at their peak, right? Like if you just try like, to yeah. play like standard stock Korean League of Legends, you're not going to beat Griffin. Like they're just too good at it, right? So 100%. you have to throw a curveball. And I mean, if Gen Gen G just showed, you know, a good blueprint for how to how to figure Griffin figure Griffin out, and with one day to to fix all those problems, wouldn't surprise me if they do figure it out. But it also wouldn't surprise me to see them, you know, not be able to figure it out and fix it in one day, right? So, I mean, Sword's not going to change who he is in one day. Maybe he is, and we'll be impressed by him on Sunday. Who knows? But I like, I like, uh, I like the Afrika money line, or I love the Afrika plus one point five. I already put a bet in on that, and then uh, I, I don't mind an Afrika money line bet here either. It, it could happen. And make no mistake, like we're not saying this just because they got two would by Gen G. Like this isn't the downfall of Griffin. Yeah, no, that has very little to do with why. Yeah. I think that, that's a good bet. It's the same. It's the same reason with like like uh, like sandbox and Jenner. Like the reason I'm not doing that. It's like we shouldn't think less of you. Don't don't overreact to one series. It's been kind of that's right. kind of the theme of this week, right? Especially coming off of a break, it's always real weird. Some teams respond differently to it. The other game on Sunday we have Gen G minus one sixty four. Actually, I got to update this one too because of this this morning. So Gen G is now <laughs> minus Gen G is now minus two eighty six. Nice. <laughs> the minus one point five is a plus uh, one hundred and five. Hanwha is plus two hundred and three. Think... Oh, it's unfortunate because that was so bettable. Yeah, fine. Hanwha is garbage. Hanwha is so, really bad. Like they're really bad. Yeah. So I would have taken Genji, but I guess now that we saw Genji be Griffin, yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> so, know if they would have bet it. So I, I am. I, I, I know you. I know you're still salty. So about I was, than Griffin. <laughs> so no, I, so I was. T- <laughs> I was telling John this before the cast, but like I, I have to like set. I have to. I have to just set a block for myself here. Like I, I just can't touch Gen G games for a little while, right? I will say this though. They look really good. They look really confident, and Hanwha's really, really bad. And I don't think. I actually think Jin Air have a better chance of beating Gen G just stylistically than Hanwha does. Because Hanwha look like a team that doesn't know who they are, while Gen G, while Jin Air at least think they know who they are, right? KT are the same way. KT, like, at least know what they are, and they're just, they just can't execute for shit. Mm. That's the Jin Air problem. <laughs> Hanwha don't, I actually think, as bad as Jin Air, Jin Air has worse players. I think Hanwha is, like, it's kind of depressing, but I think they're, like, just as bad, and they shouldn't be. Because Hanwha doesn't know Hanwha doesn't know what they're doing. They have no direction. Their drafts never have any kind of direction. Like they're, they're they haven't been swapping players as much. But like I just wish this team would pick a lane and stick to it. 
they just look like they're flailing nonstop, and it's really frustrating because they're with these players. They nobody's saying this team's a playoff team, but they should at least be competitive. Like they shouldn't be just getting mowed over by these good teams like they have been week in and week out, right? I'm going to end up with some money on the minus one point five here for Gen G. <clears throat> odds are just so good. I, I odds are just too good. I think. Yeah, I, I don't think I can pass up the minus one point five. I just don't think Hanma Life's going to get a game here, and Gen G's got to have a lot of confidence built up as well after that Griffin win. Not that that really does anything for you, but confidence can can be a little factor. I will say this though: Gen G have a history of playing down to their opponents, like big yeah. time. The, one of the worst teams in the world about playing to the level of whoever they're playing against. Yeah, that, that's like part of what's you know we we literally call Genji the Gelati Slayers here because over the last like two calendar years this team has just blown me out in so many different spots. I've lost more money to Genji than any team on the planet over the last two years, and it's not close. That includes Invictus, by the way. <laughs> like it's not close. Genji, I think Genji have have busted more of my like five plus unit bets than any other team ever. Like they 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 did they just have a knack for playing down and playing up. They just do. It, it, they're like the Pittsburgh Steelers of League of Legends, man. There you go. That's they, the perfect makes, comp. Exactly. Like they'll lose to the Cleveland Browns, not last year, but like in years past. They'll like drop a game to the Cleveland Browns or some other trash team and then beat the Patriots. Even in their like, win. Yeah, even in their win, they look like trash. Yeah, in yeah. The, against those lower level teams. <laughs> exactly. So, like, it, it makes all the sense in the world to to take Gen G here, except maybe it doesn't. Like that's <laughs> and that's the that's you're hoping the, for two one. That's the conu- <laughs> that's the conundrum with this team. So, I can I can see the minus one point five at either of these numbers. Uh, this has been a big jump, but even at the new number, it's a good value. But I'm probably going to stay away. Uh, anything else in the LCK? Let's go to the LPL. All right, LPL, we have Saturday. We have a pretty lopsided slate this weekend. So Saturday morning, we have Fun Plus Phoenix, minus 1,111. Against Vici Gaming, plus 562. Felt like they were going to be playing against Gen Air there when you were reading the odds. For real, right? <laughs> so Fun Plus minus 1.5 is minus 256. So I don't think I can get involved on this one personally. I agree. Actually, this line has moved yeah. up also. You can give Vici a plus 683 now, Fun Plus. The Fun Plus minus 1.5 is now out of range. It's minus 333. Just yeah. nothing you can do there when a, when a yeah. game's odds are this lopsided. I'll say this. So you can get the Vici plus 1.5 is a plus 229. To get the over 2.5, which means this goes to three games no matter what, it's at plus 265. Maybe Fun Plus coming off the Rift Rivals hangover. They did have to, the Chinese teams did have to travel, not far, but they did have to travel. There's also, an argument there. They've also had but... an extra week, like they've had a week buffer, and there's not like jet lag. There's not like time zone changes and stuff like that, or that many of them anyway. So, yeah, there there's an argument there, but this is also one of those teams that I think is less likely to drop games against bad teams. I agree. Fun Plus is like not one of the teams that I think is super highly variant like that. So, yeah, I th- I'm just going to pass on this one. This sounds like a Calvin pick for real. Calvin, are you on Vici here? <laughs> no, I'm not. He's become a Fun Plus fanboy. I'm a dude be fanboy. He's the <laughs> Who isn't? So the other, um, uh, just for shits and giggles, the under is 24 and a half kills in under 30 minutes. That's maybe in mm. That's a little too close for comfort for me. I'll probably just pass this. 
Yep, I think so. Uh, well, I'm not going to totally pass, and I'll explain that after we talk about the next one. So the next game is Invictus minus 769 against ONG plus 448. Actually, some uh, a little tiny bit of money coming in on OMG here. OMG plus 448. Here's, for me, I'll talk about this one for a second, because for me, this is almost the opposite of the matchup before yep. this. Yeah, instead of a like very consistent team playing against a consistent bad team, it's the least consistent good team playing against a very inconsistent bad team as well, like a team that has a high ceiling for a bad team. So even though this these are both good team versus bad team matchups, this second one is so much different for me than the first one. Um, it's very possible that I'm going to get a unit in here on OMG. Uh, Invictus is the most likely to be affected by this Rift Rival or this hangover from Rift Rivals. They're the most variant team anyway. We don't know how the, what they're going to try out on this new patch with new champions, all that kind of stuff. And OMG has a high ceiling for the kind of team that they are. So I think I'm going to probably end up with a unit on OMG. I'm going to let Cal and Chris get in on this in just a second, but I I am in with John that these are two that Invictus are more likely to punt a game. So I have. What I dubbed on the blog as the hangover parlay going on here. <laughs> so I'm putting point one unit on the Vici plus 1.5 plus OMG plus 1.5 uh, at plus 608 at the time. And I'm putting a point one unit on the double money line, which you can get at plus 3601. <laughs> If there's going to be upsets, this is a good spot for it to happen. All they need to do is take a couple games. That's it. <laughs> a couple. I think that those odds, like it's you know, uh, Cal and Chris, do you guys have anything on this? Like, it, I think there's a there's a good argument for like OMG as a DFS play here if you can hammer down like who they're going to start, right? Like, and I know you can. If, the LPL is always announced. The LPL lineups yeah. are the only region where you can always get the lineups ahead of time. I think they actually right. posted them already for today too. If I remember yeah, they they always have LPL Probably. up. I wish so, everybody else would follow. <laughs> so let me see. Uh, for tomorrow, we have OMG starting Curse World Six Icon Kane and Shelly. World Six. Oh. And Invictus is starting the the World's Five, like the the original starting. The shy yeah. is starting. Yeah. Rookie back. Yeah, rookie's back. Oh. I don't know that I like that World 6 news, but... That, there you go. It's interesting, if nothing else. Calvin, Calvin you're Mr... Any, any thoughts on the LPL junglers here? This is your... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they keep switching junglers every single time. I thought Penguin, <laughs> I thought Penguin was fine. It's yeah, so, I thought Penguin was so playing weird. pretty well. It like, looks like they were hitting a rhythm, and then they're just like, nope, switch yeah. it up. <laughs> they, brought in, they brought in Pepper, and then Pepper wasn't doing it, so they brought back World 6. <laughs> but that's such an OMG thing to do. But this is, yeah, you're it right. really is. Peng, Penguin looked pretty good. I don't, know, I don't know why they decided, and they were performing reasonably well when they had yeah. Penguin. I don't know what decided to make them dig into the trash barrel to find World 6 again, but... <laughs> I'm not gonna go that far, but yeah, I just think it. I just think it's weird that it's the equivalent of like an NFL team that's got a running back that's just like looking awesome, and they just like take him out or like stop running. It's like why? Like why? You just like let the dude get a rhythm, right? Uh, yes, I'm on the I'm on the double plus one point five underdog parlay here. I call it the hangover parlay. I call it, actually I titled them the hangover parlay, and then the New Year's Eve or the New Year's Day hangover parlay. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> 
Uh, Sunday. All right, so we have there's there's two interesting games on Sunday in the LPL. So we have EDG minus one thirty two against LNG uh, plus one hundred. The EDG minus one point five is at plus one ninety two. I'm all over EDG here. I already bet this. This is a wild one. Yeah, this is a this is a, a very wild one. I think if no matter who you are, you should probably be betting this game. I wouldn't fault you, honestly. I wouldn't fault anyone for betting either side of this, depending on how they feel about how the league is going and how they feel about these teams. But I feel like you should be betting this game no matter what. One of these values is wrong, no matter what you think about the like exactly how you like, feel about the league. Because, one of these is off. Because think so. I'll, I'll present it this way: like John makes a really good point because I, I think one or both of these numbers is wrong, right? Yeah. Either you think LNG is a flash in the pan and they just had a hot start against a relatively, I don't want to say easy schedule, but like a kind of easy schedule. They've only faced like one or two tough teams. Uh, so you could argue LNG had a hot start and the time off is like a, a, a way for them to like cool off the hot streak. Kind of like we've did with optic and rift rivals. Like a, it, was the, it was the same narrative. It didn't necessarily happen for that reason, but it was the same narrative, right? Which was, you know, this team's red hot. A week off is like the worst thing that could happen for them, right? Uh, EDG had kind of a weird start, and have you know they've been swapping in hope and doing all this weird stuff. But like I, I personally still think EDG are just a really good team, and they've for the most part performed to expectation. Maybe besides like the 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 lineup switches, they've been pretty good for the most part. I think EDG is like a top four or five team in the LPL. I don't know if you guys are as high on them as I am. I think they're not quite as good as the elite teams, but on their like on a good day they are. Like I think this team can actually hang with Invictus in a game, like if they're both playing well. I'm so, not as high on them as as you are, but I still think I am on the camp that uh, LNG started the season hotter than they should have, and that their lines are still a little overinflated from their early rush. So I'll be on the EDG side myself, but like I say, I wouldn't fault somebody if they thought the LNG line was the way to go. Yeah, and I'm going to be on EDG for this, and it's it's not because I'm disrespecting LNG, because I, I, they've they've done a lot to impress me. Like, this hasn't just been, like, a fluky hot start, but I also think that they're not this good either. Like, they're better than I thought they were, but that doesn't mean that they're this good. Kind of. Yeah. That, that's why I'm at with LNG, and I think EDG are definitely good, and the week off can only help them. While I, I, think, I think the week off is kind of neutral for EDG, whereas I think it can only do like harm to LNG. Like, I think they're like a lot more linear of a team than EDG is. EDG is pretty versatile. And I think preparation wise, I think the advantage is going to be for EDG here. Also worth noting like side selection and all that, like China does have a better win red side win rate. We're going to talk about that a little bit later with one of the listener questions, but um, I don't know, I'm on EDG here for a moderate amount. And probably a small amount on the minus one point five because I think I think as as impressive as LNG has been, I think EDG is just a better quality team. I do agree. Calvin, um, you and I agree on an LPL pick. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of. I wasn't a fan of LNG, so. I, I, I agree know. with the, I I agree with the Chris Chung approach, right? The, the <laughs> put the snake logo and, <laughs> and see see if you still feel the same way about this team. What did you say the other day? A snake can shed its skin, but it's still a snake. Like that's yeah. what yeah. it was like the best. So the team can ever. change their name. They can change their logo. They can try to shed their skin, but underneath of it all, you know, who is it? It's still snake. 
That's so great. good. We might forget about them in a couple of years, but they're still snake to me. Yep. So, uh, Chris, do you have a do you have a lean one way or the other in this? Are the, it's it's uh, I, I, DFS lineups right now. I think John put it the best. The, these numbers is just out of sorts, and I think I'm just gonna lean EDGs on the safe side. But you do if you play DFS and you want to play those one dollars, two dollars, three dollars, just put in a put in a LNG stack. Yeah, you can go wrong. Also, like it is the LPL. I think betting underdogs mm-hmm. in the LPL is actually pretty, for DFS purposes, is actually pretty intelligent just because the games are really, really bloody. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, the second game on Sunday is a, a, an interesting one. Uh, TOP minus 286 against JDG plus 202. The TOP minus 1.5 is at plus 110. <laughs> so two teams coming off of Rift Rivals, two teams that looked pretty different at Rift Rivals than I think we all expected. I actually was a little tiny bit... I, I thought I thought JDG was better at Rift Rivals than I thought they'd be. That doesn't mean I thought they were good. I felt really bad for Doinby at Rift Rivals because if JDG did not have to play in the final best of five <laughs> and, and, and FPX could have just run three <laughs> games, I think I would have bet LPL when they were down 0-2. Like, Doinby yeah. and NFPX looked like they were fired up to go 3-0 and win that series, but then JDG <laughs> had to come in for game four. We're like, talking oh, about a total buzzkill. That was like the most buzzkill ending to a series <laughs> ever. If, if they could have just run FPX three games in a row, it would have been so hype. But... Or even Invictus again. Like, yeah. it's just not JDG. Like, any, like, my God, this team, man. All right, so I'll say this. T.O.P. Uh, T.O.P. didn't look... You know, they didn't look totally amazing or anything, but I also think the level of competition at that tournament was exceptional. Like, it was a really high-level tournament. I agree with that. And I think mm-hmm. the way yeah. – the way this matchup's really interesting to me because it's it's two teams that are built, like, the same way. They play very differently, but they're built the same way. So they're both built with, like – okay, they have dominant solo lanes. Both these teams have world-class solo lane talent, right? It's just a matter of – JDG tend to play a little more reckless, and TOP tend to play a lot more disciplined, right? I think. Correct. I mean, I think TOP is a better team. I don't know if this is bettable with both teams. It, it's such a weird dynamic with both teams coming off the off the break. Like, I don't know if you guys have have a have a feeling one way or the other on this one. I think it's going to be TOP minus one point five for me. I think it's to be TOP minus one point five as well. Okay, well, JDG, so, so uh... go, go into it a little bit. I think just TOP is just a cleaner team overall, and um, I think like JDG played bad. You know, yes, I mean, I mean they did play pretty bad yesterday, but um, I don't know. It's just JDGs can be a little inconsistent, you know, and especially little, if they take. I think little's an understatement. <laughs> <Yeah. Little. laughs> but you know, but still, you know, I don't know. Just TOP is a cleaner team. You know what I mean? I think there's no riff rival hangover for them. I think a bet on TOP is basically betting consistency versus inconsistency. TOP is one of those teams, uh, we always re-reference my old speech from back in the day, but they're the SKT camp team. They're yeah, a team I, that, yeah. that's better against teams that are worse than them but have a really hard time punching up against better teams. And so I, I always like them in matchups where they're facing teams that are worse than them just talent-wise and and macro-wise, and I definitely think JDG is worse both talent and macro-wise. I wish I could just post that screenshot that Calvin posted last night in our group chat when he was asking me about this. 
I was like, uh, I'm pretty sure JDG is going to lose. And he's like, you don't have faith in this guy? And just post that screenshot. <laughs> <in the media>. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could just post that myself. I'll say this too. Like, you know, JDG against World Elite this morning weren't exactly great. And that was, I believe, on the new patch, right? Thank you, by the way, so, WE. Yeah. Pretty decent. <laughs> yep. for the old w- so, and like, and WE has been a middle of the table team at best. And they've had they they've kind of looked at sh- like you know in shambles at times. They look like they're sort of getting it together now, but it's it's kind of if if JDG struggled there, I just and, and TOP's got more time to prep. Man, I don't I don't see a world where TOP don't take care of business here. But and we're getting a plus number on it too. So I, this won't be heavy for me, but this I'm, I'm going to be on the TOP minus one point five. Yep. Sounds Monday uh, we'll uh, do. They... Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Did they change the odds after this morning? I can take a look. Real JDG quick. looks bad. JDG. Uh, now these odds stayed more or less the same. Ah, okay. So yeah, TOP all the way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll do Monday morning in the LPL. We almost never do Monday morning, but uh, we have. I figure we'll touch on it real quick here. So we have Victory Five minus one fifty nine against Rogue Warriors plus one twenty. The Victory Five. Oh, John, this is, this is you. Is at plus one sixty five. This is a super interesting one for me, man. Yeah, this is like weirdly um, interesting for a Monday morning match. <laughs> I I think I kind of like Rogue Warriors here. They started out the season like 0-12 in games, and I just kept betting them because I really think that they were going to come together at some point. And then finally they started coming together, and Victory 5 we had all kind of predicted to be like a bottom three or four of the table team, and then they came out way overperforming everyone's uh, expectations of them. Seals seems like a a ship's crossing in the night type deal here for me. I think Rogue Warriors is on their way up. I think I'm going to end up finding some money on Rogue Warriors here. This is my pick of the week. Yeah, I'm... After hearing this now too, like I- I'm kind of in on Rogue. Are you you're in on Rogue Warriors, Calvin? Yeah, this is my pick of the week. I just think that why? Okay, so on Victory Five, Y Four is is a really good lane. You know, he's he's a really good carry, and I think he's at this point. I think he's better than uh, Zuji, but I think at the end of his career, I think Zuji is going to be the best. I just think the bottom half synergy of Zuji and that uh, it's not Kilo, the other support. I think they have really good, you know, synergy and communication yeah. bottom half. And Haru as their jungler, I know as much flack as he gets sometimes, but he actually works well with these guys. So I think uh just to point some numbers out for people, so so Victory Five are two and zero against OMG. I'm just comparing this to like relative quality of teams here. Um Victory Five beat OMG two O, they beat Vici two O they beat Invictus at the beginning of the season, which I'd consider not a very great team, uh, two to one. They lost to Billy Billy O two. They lost to LGD one two, and they lost to Fun Plus Phoenix one two. So I guess the question is like, is Victory like? There, there's two questions to this. One is Victory five actually worse than we think, or is this like actually where they are? Because I, I don't think any of these results are that shocking, besides maybe the wins against Fun Plus Phoenix. I think they're better than I thought they were coming into the season for sure. Absolutely. Um, I do think they might be a little bit worse than they've shown so far. I think it, like really, if you looked over their record, other than the loss to LGD, they have, they still have, they have a very good record. Like they have a case just looking at their records. They have a case for being like a top five or six team in the league based on their competition, who they've beaten, 
I don't think that's true, I think but I mean, the the table that's team. how they've tried to show. Yeah, I think they, they're a lower middle of the table like team this, in reality. This record to me shows, like, this record looks like a team that's eighth place or ninth place. Like, they had a couple spike performances where they took a game, like, they took a game off Fun Plus is the most impressive result in this whole thing. Yeah, they beat IG, they the took a game off Fun Plus. Yeah, they're, th- their record looks very good, but I, I think they're a little bit worse than the record showing. I also think, like, I... We've talked about it a lot as a theme this week, but I think like weaker teams coming off of a break can get more done than good teams can a lot of the time. And I'm not calling Victory 5 a good team necessarily, but the, it basically if you're in the basement, it's a lot easier to cover more ground and improving than if you're closer to your ceiling. And I think Victory 5, not saying they're good, but Victory 5 are definitely playing close to their ceiling, right? Yeah, I think that's like, true. I don't think yeah. this team can get much better than this, right? Whereas Rogue Warriors, I think, are basically at the bottom and can only get better. So if you think about it that way, with the with the time off, and the LPLs had more time off than they've had like a European level, right? Where they've had, you know, a couple extra days. Like the LCK went right back into it. So I think with extra prep time, uh, I actually like, I actually like Rogue Warriors here as well. Yeah, that's my feel for it. Uh, then the next one is kind of a meh. Uh, so we have it's Victus minus two thousand against uh, Vici plus seven thirty nine. Vici plus one point five is at plus two hundred eight. You can get plus two hundred eight for Vici to take a game here. Any any takers? Nope. This is Invictus. <laughs> yeah, but Vici's not OMG. Like I think we we kind of liked the OMG at plus five hundred, but I think Vici's a a consistent bad team, which is not what you want to be when you're bad. You don't want to be consistent. So Vici have three game wins this season against T.O.P., Sooning, and Dominus. Two of those were in the first two matches. They've won one. To be fair, in their most recent match, they took a game. But they've taken three games in six series. I'm not touching this. Yeah, not touching it. I want to take. Quarter I want to put a lottery ticket on the... What's up? <laughs> Quarter unit? Half a unit? Anything? Anything? I no? thought about Nothing. it. It is Invictus. <laughs> I might change my mind come Monday. We'll see. I think if Invictus stomp OMG, I kind of like I beat like Vici even more, actually. <laughs> if you gave me Vici's money line price on the plus 1.5, then I'd take it. If you gave me plus 700 to win a game, I'd, I'd bet. <laughs> you wouldn't even take 300, plus 300 if this gets up there? I don't think I'd take 300. 400 maybe, or in the 400 range. So that's the LPL. Uh, LEC will briefly go over. Um, so we're just going to cover Saturday since Friday this morning happened. All the f- so I'm, I'm going to preface this with uh, just like my picks, and it's it's more of a system or a principle uh, set of picks for me. So I'm a big fan of betting underdogs in best of ones, especially coming off of time off. And the LECs had extra time off because they had to travel for Rift Rivals. So these teams have had almost two weeks. And I love underdogs in this situation. There were a couple that almost came through for us today, but all the favorites won today, which means we're also getting juiced up numbers for tomorrow. Uh, I'm just going to double check and make sure these didn't move too much. Uh, A little bit. Okay, so some of these have moved against us. So we have uh, SK Gaming minus – I'm just going to read it off. So SK Gaming minus 250, Excel plus 189. I still kind of like Excel there. I think I'll, I think I'll take a pass. If Excel was going to win this weekend, I feel like they would have won today. I loved their spot today. I made a post on Twitter that 
they were plus 265 when they were up like two and a half thousand or more gold at 20 minutes. So like the game was in there and they were up two and two and a half thousand and they were still plus 265. So I had to bite on that and they still lost and looked awful in the last like 10, 15 minutes of that game. So I think I'm out on Excel. Hmm. I'm going to be in on Excel. I don't think I'm going with Vince because of the best of one series. And these two teams have a style that's similar to this morning's game of Excel against Splice, where Excel likes this slow, objective focused type of game. Uh, and SK likes their uh, split pushing kind of play. I think that's what the analyst said. And I could see that. Um, having said that, I know this is heavily in favor of SK, which should be, but this odds for the best of one. That's I'll where I'm it. at. That's where I'm at. Like, so I'm, I'll just go. <clears throat> I'm on Excel, Rogue, Shalka, and Splice tomorrow. Uh, just any any big dog. I'm taking <laughs> even in the second day on the first week back. I just think, but like, time off plus best of ones is is a, is a formula for upsets. So, uh, back to. SKXL. Uh, Calvin, any thoughts on this one? Uh, no, nah, I was going to lean SK. I think XL is okay. I think they're an okay team, but I think SK is just a better team, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, number's a little too too expensive, though, right? So, we have... Alright, this one's actually moved. So, uh, Misfits is now the underdog against Vitality. Misfits minus 101, Vitality minus 125. A lot of juice, but... Uh, slight favorite Vitality and basically a pick by Yeah, I think Vitality points. should be the favorite. Yeah? I think Vitality is... Yeah, I think Vitality is better. I think um, Vitality has shaken off the, the bizarre start. It's just a really weird... Yeah, and I it's mean... It's still Mowgli. Misfits is still having the problem that Forbidden is really bad, and so they had to put in Leader, and now Leader has been playing awful since he's been in the LCS as well. I mean, the LEC as well. So, I mean, I'm sure he's going to find his footing. I'm sure he's nervous and is, is not used to playing against this level of competition, but I don't remember what his exact numbers in his two games are, but he's something like, I don't know, 2-12 and 12 or something in the two games he's played. Like, also, it's He's been very unimpressive considering how good he was at the lower level. I also think, like, in a situation where you're trying to, like, quote-unquote, get right or, like, find your footing, that Jazuke is, like, not the person you want to face. <laughs> like, if there's going to be anybody, like, of, of the EU mid laners, he's going to be the one to plays Pantheon. You know, like, he's... Pantheon, by the way, some... is is okay. actually getting some play worldwide. Like, it got oh, banned. Yeah. It got banned this morning. Uh, or was it yesterday morning? By Yeah, it got, no, it got banned this morning against Fly from Gen G because Gen G played Fly this morning. Uh... Dwimby obviously played it at Rift Rivals. Like it's it's a it's a real pocket pick right now, but like something like that, like that's exactly in Jazuke's wheelhouse. Like that's exactly the kind of thing he would he would break out because he. Loves I love the confidence. I love the confidence from Jazuke's tweet. Also, I don't know if you guys saw this, but they lost today, and he had some very questionable plays in this game. And afterwards. He did. He just said, I don't know, basically, like, I don't know what you guys are complaining about. Like, what do you want me to do? Just sit back and lose the game? Like, I got to try to make some plays and get us back in that's it. That's what we love that's about exactly, this team. That's what we exactly love about what him. I want him to say. Like, like don't be apologizing because you made some plays and they didn't work out. You got to make some plays when you're getting killed. I, I love Jazuke as a player, man, because he he is not afraid to look like a total ass. Like, he doesn't care. Yeah. Yep, he, he wants me, to try to win. He, he, and he doesn't, like, trash talk quite. Like, he reminds me a lot of Forgiven. Back in the day, 
not quite like maybe he is that good. I, I'm, I'm forgive him is really really good, but like he doesn't trash talk as much. But like just like the blind confidence, like he just uh, he's immovable. You, just, you can't shake this guy. Like he doesn't yeah. care who he's facing. It doesn't matter. Like the the dude is immovable, right? And I, I, I'm with you. Like I appreciate the confidence of it. Like I, I'm actually I'm actually in on vitality here. I think they can get a game here. Side note: When are we going to see Forgiven again? Are we going to see him again? Uh, <laughs> is it ASAP? I, mean, is there... I mean, listen, he's been playing. His military service is is done. Yeah, is it? Are we going to see him waiting. like ASAP, or is it going to be a little while, or are we never seeing Forgiven? I again? think the problem with Forgiven is that teams, he's not. I think he's marketable as shit, personally. If I'm one of these like more like so, progressive, too. like for if if I'm like a G two. Like someone like doesn't give a shit like about perception. They care all about like just character and attitude. Or hundred thieves. Hundred thieves is like this too, right? I can see hundred thieves going after him. Like so, just somebody that like isn't afraid to take a risk on someone. And because he's he's, you know, he's a he's he's. I don't want to say he has questionable morals, but like the dude's gonna speak out of turn. He's gonna say stuff that's inappropriate. <laughs> like he's gonna be him. Yeah. But. Uh, we'll see. It's just a matter of like the image. I, I think, think we see him. Can't tackle the image. I think we see him springing next year. Maybe it wouldn't surprise me, or even like as a sub. And he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that. I don't think he signs up as a sub. I don't. I don't think he signs up if you tell him there's any chance he's going to be the sub. So I can also I, see him just playing in the minor starts. leagues too, because he's done that before. There's some pretty bad teams right now that need help, and I think one of them will take a shot, pick up forgiven, and for spring next year. How about Excel? Yeah, Excel. Even Rogue could probably use some help down there. Yeah, I think I think we'll see him spring next year. I just he's one of my favorite players of all time. Mm-hmm. One of the best laners ever, any position. Um, Origin minus two seventy eight, Rogue plus two hundred six. Um, um, it's like a no said, bet I'm, for me. I'm a half no unit. On, I'm a half unit on Rogue. I'm just a half unit on all the dogs, just on principle. There's not a whole lot <laughs> no other bet. than that. It's just I like the next two a lot more than the ones that you've already gone over. I like the so next two G2 dogs. Two minus three eighty five. Shalka plus two sixty nine. Shalka is a better team than this. I I know G G you can make an argument for G two being the best team in the world right now. I wouldn't fault you for that at all. Uh, but in a best of one off of a like a long break like this, you're telling me Shalka doesn't have something cooked up for this match. This is the same for also, me Shalka's as OMG. Good. This is the same as me for OMG versus IG. G2 is a highly variant team. Schalke is a, has a, is a team that can have some ceiling. Well, also, Schalke is, like, a better team than OMG. Not, like, I'm not talking, like, literally yeah. compare the two, but, like, relative like to Like, their the position region. in the league, yeah. Yeah, like, Schalke is, what, like, the third or fourth best team? Fifth best, maybe, if you're... if you're. Yeah, probably, like, fifth. They're not a bottom this, team. For this split? Yeah, like, right now. For di- no, they're maybe, like, five or six for me. Okay, so, yeah, they're, they're so, so Chris is a little more pessimistic on them than I am. And, like, even still, this line, like, they're not OMG. OMG is a bottom four team in a 16-team league. They're a bottom 25% team. Shalka's, like, right around the 50% mark, right? Yeah, I like this Shalka bet. I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm I'm in for a half unit on Shalka. The number is just too good for me to pass up in a best of one, even against arguably the best team in the world. And, like we said, G2 is, like, a high-variance team. Like, they could – maybe they come out and try the Pantheon. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they're the right, ty- the right type of team to be betting against. True. Cal, you on the dogs here? Um, no, not this one. I think G two is gonna win. Okay. 
Uh, Fnatic minus 294, Splice plus 212. These two games are, like, really similar because it's two, like, good teams that are heavily underdogs. Like, super heavy underdogs. And Splice is rolling right now for yeah. me. Splice is, Splice is rolling at the moment. I have no problem taking Splice plus 212 against Fnatic. I, Fnatic is making an argument for giving a shot against G2 in the finals this split, but I still think uh, Splice at plus 212 seems a little rich. I'm Splice is... Man, I hate to admit it, man, but I don't want to say I was wrong on Splice, but, like, they just keep impressing me. Like, they're a lot like Damwon, and, like, they were ne- – I'm not – obviously, they're not in the same ballpark. But they remind me a lot of them in that they they had a clear problem, and they just keep improving on it. Like, they just keep getting better and solving and finding creative ways to get around it, and they're not stagnating, Right. Like, the problem with this team over the past couple years is that they have their thing, they do their thing, and then if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Now, like, over the course of this year, they've improved a lot. Like, I think Splice are... I think Splice might be better than Origin. I know that's aggressive. No, I think Splice is better than Origin. Yeah, like, I've been I, saying Origin was overrated all year. And I and I like Origin, but, but Splice, they just get it, and they're improving. Like, I... I never in a million years thought I'd say it because I'm like Mr. Splice hater, but they're good. Like, they're just a good team. So yeah, I, they've always been, like, consistently good. Not, like, really good or, like, bad. They've always been consistently good. And I think this year, adding a couple of, uh, <coughs> basically changing up just how they play the early game, I just yeah. boosted their stocks up. You know what I mean? I also so. think, like, in years past, like, even last split, I would have said Fnatic are just going to run over this early game. And that very well could happen. I just think the odds of that happening are way lower now than they were, like, last year or the beginning of this year. I think that's true. So, I, I like I like a half unit on Splice here as well. LCS. The best region. Oh, my God. TSM minus 238, Absolutely. clutch plus 177, pass. I might, I might have something on clutch here. They changed yeah. their coach. And one of my, they changed their coach. And one of my biggest beefs with Clutch was always that they keep drafting these weird bullshit compositions that make no sense. And <laughs> it's possible assistant coach though. They promoted Think Card, who I also am not a big fan of. He was like an amateur um, for them though, right? Or was he the amateur coach? He's coached a few different teams. He was behind Enero back in the day. Yeah, uh, I, know, I, know, I know who he is. I just don't know what he was doing this split. I didn't see. He's fairly new to clutch. The... Okay, so was he like coaching their he, academy team? He's like their assistant coach. He was a secondary coach. Okay, so he was yeah. assistant coach. So there's a chance, just not a lot changes. Yeah, I'm not sure. Plus 177 is good enough for me. I would have liked to get into the 200s on this bet, but I, I might bet clutch. Just if if they come out drafting better, I really think TSM is. I never believed. <laughs> Everyone knows. Jungle is such a liability. I know we keep harping on it, but their jungle is such a liability. It's, I think their top lane is a liability too. We'll see. I, it was, so here's one thing I will say about this current patch right now, with Karma and still Jace being so strong, it's really, really easy to just neutralize a top lane right now. Yeah. So you could like neutralize a top lane with a pick and then focus mid, and all of a sudden, what is TSM? You know, the Bjergsen show, which is what they've yeah, been doing. Bjergsen against two people is like what? It's hard for him to do anything there, so... Yeah, I, I don't know that I'm betting it, but if I was going to bet 100%, it would be on clutch. All right. Uh, Cal, Chris, anything on this one? Nope. Nope. The next one, you guys I got it. all over. 
So liquid minus 189, CLG plus 142. This line has since moved to liquid minus 213. I have a self-imposed three-unit limit on best of ones uh, just because the variance like is so high. You like CLG? Get out of here. No way. I, I don't, no I don't way. Like with this. this is a total Calvin movement. All right, so <laughs> that yeah, better go, be your pick so, of the week. So go for it, Cal. Like, this should have been a pick of the week. Damn. Nah, that's okay. Um, no, okay. I just okay. I'm. I think they're, I'm with the team that's running, not the hype, but like, just they've just been on fire. They just just beat teams. It's not like they like they like are sloppy when they're beating teams. You know, obviously they have like maybe one few moments, but they're just con- they're just consistently just like getting better like every week and like figuring out what their small mistakes is and fixing it and then improving it. And that's what they're doing. And it looks like they're doing a good job. That and I think just they're just like on a high right now, and like you know the fans, CLG fans, and stuff like that. I'm not saying I'm playing that narrative, but there's just everything's going right for CLG this year. You know what I mean? And TL's kind of been looking, looking a little shaky, and you know they're amazing players, but you know I really think that CLG has a legitimate shot of winning. Okay, I'll I'll give you that CLG have looked really really clean. And they, I've been saying this for a while, like, CLG came into this season looking like they were in mid-season form, like, to start the season. Like, they just immediately gelled, and it, it looked like it made sense for them. I don't think they're going to beat Liquid. I, I, and I, I know I'm, like, heavy duty on this. Uh, I'm actually, so I have a self-imposed limit of three units on best of ones because of the variance. I'm actually going up to four on this one. I, I think, think Team Liquid is the G2 of NA. I, like, I they're too. just I way think, better than everybody I think else. They're way better than everyone else. I think everyone's going to look way too much into the fact that they're, they're, you know, punting a game here or there. I also think, like, just the way CLG plays is inconducive to beat Liquid, right? Like, CLG are just playing solid, which is really, really good. I'm, I'm impressed with them. Like, I, I, I am high on CLG. Like, I think they're legit and they're going to be a playoff team. But they're not on the same level as Liquid. And anytime we can get Liquid at anything remotely close to good odds, I'm betting them. Like, you're just gonna, it's gonna be hard-pressed not to. Now, that mirrors my thoughts as well. Now, if you want, if you want to make the argument that, okay, like, bet, so CLG now, you can get it, like, plus 160, depending on where you look. So, plus 160, like, okay, like, if you like the value in best of one, I could see that argument. And you're right. Like CLG, like this isn't a bad lottery ticket to take if you if you believe in just like strict value on a team that looks good. I'm just not going to bet. It. I, I can't bet against Liquid. I'm going to bet for Liquid anytime it's remotely close. I agree. And I think especially sure. after last week, like even if it's not necessarily like, a, a, like I, I think they're too stubborn to totally change who they are, but they are going to make adjustments to know that teams are going to be like coming out for them and trying weird shit, right? And they just saw Griffin get upset by weird stuff this morning. Like, they're going to be prepared to see some shit. I just don't think CLG are going to be the ones to throw anything weird at them. I think CLG are just going to play very straight up. And I CLG think- is one of those kinds of teams. They're not a high-variance team, really. They and play that's with- been why they're good, is that they're just, like, stomping all these bad teams because they're not cheesing. Like, they're just good. Yeah, They're playing good, clean league. I don't, I'm, I'm all over Liquid. I got them at minus 189. It's, like, up past 200 now in a lot of places, so... Me and Calvin are in a clash on that one. Yeah, I'll be betting Team Liquid pretty hard, but Chris, I, ho- I almost hope Calvin wins. Damn. <laughs> on this uh, one, Chris, I mean, 
well, this will be my last thing before I have to sign off. I, as much as I like what CLG is doing, they're not showing me championship level play, which is what I think you need to be Team Liquid. So this is my reason for just not wanting to believe that CLG can take this game. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I agree. Like, it's just that I don't know how, how much better they can be. All right, Chris has to jet, right. I think. Um, I wish I could stay longer to answer some questions, uh, but before I sign off, I just want to thank our listeners for sending us questions. I really like those. You guys will take care of it. I trust all of you will have all the same answers as I do. And actually, Chris, <laughs> if you want, I'll just I'll shoot. Uh, you, you you can have the spreadsheet up. I would say just like shoot your answers out on Twitter if you want, and you know people can interact right. that way too. So. All right, All right. Uh, so Chris has to jet. Uh, leadership pick of the week, too, like in there if you can, if you didn't already. I think oh, you already did. All right, good, 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 good. All right, cool. Uh, Golden Guardians minus 175, FlatQuest plus 134. This is a trick. I like I'm on FlatQuest. I'm on FlatQuest, yeah, like too. FlatQuest as well. Uh, I think I don't want to overreact to a good week last week for them. And say that like they've completely changed and turned it around because I think they still showed some issues, but they feel like they looked really confident. They felt really confident last after last weekend. Like if you did like listen to their post game, they were like, "This feels right. This is what we've been working toward." Like they they felt confident. Like they they knew that they were a good team. They just had a rough start. Now here's the thing, right? Like I don't think Golden Guardians is a bad team either. I just think that this number is off. So it's, I'm not going to yeah. be super heavy on this, but, like, I think this should be, like, a pick em. Like, before the season started, I had these two teams right next to each other. Like, basically the same team. D- different styles, but same team, right? Maybe FlyQuest a little more consistent. Still feels like we. M- I'm thinking we're going to see the uh, Golden Guardians bot- the backup bot lane for their team. Yeah. FBI. Should be FBI, FBI yeah, it should be FBI and Huhi. Which they have not done well at the LCS level so far in general. Is that confirmed though? Uh, well, yeah. the backups are playing in Academy. Are the I mean, definitely and Olay are playing in Academy. Oh, so I can okay, assume so that there's a good chance that they are this this that it's FBI and Huhi, I think. Okay. Well, and FBI did pop off once, but in general, their bot lane hasn't looked fantastic. FBI's FBI's interesting because like you watch him, he reminds me a lot of like the the damwon play like he's he's i, I don't want to say he's like young and stupid but he kind of is right like i really like fbi for like, the i do too i do too like prospects in the league like, just that clearly you know, the chops are there like he's yeah. good yeah he doesn't think a lot of the time and i think it's going to take him some time to figure out like how to play the pro game so to speak but clearly the chops are there the dude's always at the top of the ladder like he's he's a great mechanical player it's just a matter of can he figure the rest of the game out, right? He's up there with Viper for me for, yeah. like, some of the hottest prospects to have in the league. Notice I didn't include Broken Blade in that. <laughs> oh, no, no, he, I mean, him and Viper have been – I mean, FBI's been a touted prospect for, like, a couple years now. Like, this isn't a new thing. Like, he's – Yeah, he's, he's very kind good. of – him and, like, Deathly, and before this it was uh, – God, who was the, the Draven one trick? The Gatekeeper. Goddamn, what was his name? I think he's still playing in Academy. Oh my god. But anyway, I'll, I'll I'll think of it later. Um I still like yeah, I, I like the potential and he's clearly got the cho- I mean you saw it, like, they were on display. Like he's got the chops. Like that's not an issue. But I think sometimes his judgment's a little flawed. Like he kind of he kind of just like plays him plays himself out of a paper bag 
a lot of the situations where and this is what Doublelift did for a lo- he reminds me a lot of like young Doublelifts because Doublelift did this for a long time where he would put himself in bad situations and then he would outplay it and like nowadays Doublelift just doesn't put himself in the bad situations you know? <laughs> yeah like, that's what you really want yeah so he can still play his way out of it which is good it's a good tool to have but because he doesn't have to like you shouldn't be in that situation in the first place so yeah maybe he gets better I mean first week on the bigger stage like maybe shake some nerves off but I'm gonna be on FlyQuest here just because I think this should be closer to even money and I think FlyQuest are feeling pretty good right now I agree Calvin uh I'm on FlyQuest word Echo Fox big oofs yikes <laughs> nope <laughs> nope no. does, does it even matter who it's against what if I said Echo Fox plus 386 against Clutch yeah, I might take plus 386 against Clutch. Yeah. Okay. All right. But no, it's not. It's against Cloud9, minus 625. Dude, just last the last weekend, it was just – I actually picked Echo Fox on Sunday. Wow. And, well, they look okay. And then they, they just threw that game just is, like that. This team is bad. That's, that's, that's when you know it's just really bad. I'll, I'll say this, like – and. We actually had a really, really good conversation off cast this week just about how we speak in a lot of hyperbole and how we don't actually mean that these players are, like, terrible, awful, like, players. Like, clearly they're professional players, and it's really hard to get to this level. But, dude. And sometimes we're just riling up people on Twitter. Like, I actually hate Broken Blade, but so many of you always message me and tell me that Broken Blade doesn't suck, and so now I just have to keep piling on it. and, like, sometimes we're being a little facetious and whatever, but, like, Guys, Echo Fox is a they're bad. They're a bad team. <laughs> and uh, it's like the gin they're they're gin air, man. They're just they have some players that like maybe can like have spike performances, but this team they just don't get it. Like there is a fundamental lack of understanding for like how to play the game. Right? And not a lot of talent there, honestly. I mean yeah. Phoenix is probably the most talented player on their ten man roster. And he is not and even good. he's yeah, even he hasn't looked good this season. Yeah, he's, so. he's he hasn't been his mechanically good self this season. Like he's had a yeah, lot of plays. So I, and if Phoenix isn't playing well, I just I don't I don't see it. He should be playing this week at least. They've been moving yeah. some stuff around, but uh, he didn't play Academy. So the other thing is, you can expect this team to just like for the rest of the split, just be swapping rosters to see what works for next year. See, you know. Yeah, they know they're done season. for they're, this they're, season. They're done. So, and I'll say this. Sometimes you get academy players with a chip on their shoulder playing for a job, and that means something. Like they're gonna ex- they're gonna excel or elevate, but there's not a lot of depth on this on this roster. Yeah, their academy team's not that good either. Yeah, so, so man, I, this is just gonna fall off the rails. I, like, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Echo Fox didn't win a game the rest of the season. Echo Fox forgiven. I could see it. Anybody? Anybody? I could see it. Yeah, Rick Fox and Forgiven Duo Q streams. Oh my god, I like it. I like it. Oh Echo Fox, god. think about that. But Rick Fox is so friendly, and Forgiven is so not. <laughs> that <laughs> might hilarious. Be hilarious. Like a, a buddy cop comedy stream. True. All think right, so about it. So we Fox. have we have Optic minus one seventy nine hundred thieves plus one thirty five. This is an interesting one. We got Steve's last week. <laughs> Pick uh, of the week for me. You're on thieves. 100 Thieves plus 135 pick of the week. Right, this is my ultimate yourself. chips in the night bet here. I, th- I really think 100 Thieves is, has finally kind of figured it out. I don't think they're going to be a great team, but I think they've they've figured it out for now. They 
it's the perfect time because they figured it out. And then last week they had like the toughest schedule you can have. And they just went Oh two. Well, it wasn't quite the toughest. They had TSM in there who I thought they were going to be, but TSM cloud nine is a pretty tough, uh, like two day there. And now I think we're going to get to see them. The odds are very good on them because they owe two last week, but I think they looked pretty good in those games for me. They did. They looked, they looked solid. I really like them to come out and beat optic here. I think optic is, is backsliding at this point. See, I don't, I'm not ready to sell on Optic yet. But here's so here here's here's my take on this game. I I still think Optic are actually good. I think Optic are going to finish 3 or 4 probably. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I just don't think they're as good as they've looked and they're kind of a for me kind of a one trick pony team. I think like it's the Medios crown show and if you just stop that from happening, it's going to be real tough for them. But I think so I'm not. I'm. I'm passing this game because I do think Optic are the better team, but but I think these numbers are off. So like, if it, I I I'm totally with the hundred thieves like value, like you think they're just gonna win outright. Like you think they're a better. Te- do you think they're? A yeah, better I, team, I think they're the think favorites. Like, or do you think it's fa- you think they're actually favorites? Okay, yeah, I think so, in reality that that hundred thieves is a better team. Okay, so you have them rated a little higher than I do. Well, a lot higher than I do. Like I think this line should probably be like minus one thirty, minus one forty for Optic. Not minus one seventy nine or one eighty. Like, I think it's close. Uh, it should be closer to even. Yeah, I think. I should, think hundred thieves is like be closer to even, but I think hundred thieves is minus one thirty. Really? Optics plus one thirty. Okay, that's, wow. that's so that's hot <laughs> Yeah, I do. So I, John, I do agree with you though because I, I think they looked really really good last week. Like even yeah, I think they looked schedule, very good and sharp. and like they played some tough teams and had some unfortunate results, but and I, they I were, think like, fairly disciplined in those games. Like they weren't just like going willy nilly. Like they were being smart. Like they looked yep. cool, calm, collected against some good teams, which is a good sign that maybe, maybe hundred thieves, they might be just too too far in the hole now to to be a playoff team, but you can expect hundred thieves to be competitive the rest of the season. I think. Yeah, they're not a joke anymore. Yeah, they're they're a fine team now. Yeah, actually, of the bottom teams, like I think they're better than Clutch. I think they're better than definitely better than Echo Fox. Yeah, yeah, they're. I think they're better than the other teams at yeah, the bottom they're, there. They're going to be competitive, so. It's going to be it's it's really the NA LCS standings are actually really interesting like more so than I think the region itself actually. <laughs> yeah. Like because we have FlyQuest and 100 Thieves who had just abysmal starts that are clearly better than their records and one of these top teams is going to like not be as good as their record even if they're not a bad team. So like CLG I think is is actually good. Optic I think is actually good, but probably but one of those is probably going to finish like out of the playoff race. Or Golden Guardians, even right? Because, like, if in other words, I'll, I'll put this to you guys: Do you think FlyQuest or Hundred Thieves have a chance of making playoffs? And like, what are the odds? Or are they too far out now? I think they're too far out. Yeah, they probably both end up missing. Hundred Thieves. If one of those two is going to, probably Hundred Thieves. Hmm. Yeah, I, I just I think they're too they're both too far down that like they would have to be basically flawless from this point forward, and I don't see that happening because if you if you fact if you think they're just gonna if you think they're gonna lose to like Liquid, Cloud Nine, we'll just say Liquid and Cloud Nine, right, for the sake of argument. If you think they're gonna lose to those two teams, that's two losses. Like, and they're just like already they're gonna be a, like it. What I'm saying is, is a sub five hundred team gonna make playoffs in NA? Probably. Like one of them, probably, probably one of them will. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. It's, I just thought that was interesting. Let's do Sunday. FlyQuest plus two eighty four, Liquid minus four seventeen. 
uh, I think FlyQuest is not a team that punches up well. Yeah. Like I've talked about a couple other teams. Uh, I, I like FlyQuest quite a bit, and I think they're going to make a comeback, but they're not the kind of team that I want to take against against Liquid. Yeah, they're also just not, I think, at the level. Yeah. I will oh, they're say, not even close to at the level of Liquid. I will say FlyQuest have the players to at least sort of hang with Liquid. They're not just going to get like laned out. Mm, I think they're just going to get I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to get stopped. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I, I do too. I just think they're not going to get completely obliterated, but maybe they will. Who knows? Cloud9 minus 145, TSM plus 112. So Smashing Cloud9. So we didn't yeah, talk like, about this. Like Cloud9. We didn't talk about this with the Echo Fox Cloud9 matchup, but like with the licorice injury and 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 him being out and all this other stuff going on around Cloud9, like does that change your outlook on this team or no? Because for me, it, it honestly doesn't, because the one thing Cloud9 have always had is a very fluid roster. And any time that their subs play, it's almost like nothing changed. Like, and this is like over a number of years too. That's not and Kubo looked thing. He looked good too. Yeah, I, last I'll week, say so. I'll say this. I'll say this. I think the broadcasters went a little overboard hyping him up. He oh, they didn't have to did. do shit in that game. It was yeah, yeah they didn't he didn't right. have to do shit in that game. Did he make a couple nice plays? Yeah, he did. He didn't have to do anything. It wasn't like he was playing his way out of a bad situation or, or manufacturing leads for himself. Like everything was laid out for him. He just had to do it, right? And he pretty much said the same thing in the post game. Yeah, interview. and he was he was humble about it. Like he wasn't he wasn't he was being real about it. So that's at least a good sign to know that he's not like feeling himself, you know? <laughs> like he's he's he knows. Yeah. But again, like if if Cloud9 are in this kind of form, like do you, Cloud Niski plus any of the junglers against TSM and against Bjergsen and any of their junglers. I'm going to take Cloud9 every time. Yeah, I'm taking situation. Cloud9 too. Every time. Bjergsen's the better mid laner, but it's not by enough to make up for how big the difference in the jungle is. I, there's a there's an argument to be made for Niski as the NA MVP this split. Like I was reading yeah, he's somewhere. Played very, he's very, very well. He's very, very good, and I think that's a move. We, we talked about it before the season started, how like it was a good fit, and that I think Niski kind of got... I don't want to say he got like a bad... Like, he got it bad when he was in Europe because, like, he looked pretty good. But, like, I think people underrated just how good he is coming out. I had multiple tweets before this season started saying that I did not think they downgraded going from Jensen and Niski. I thought it was, like, pretty much an even level Yeah, I thought it was a side grade. It was just a different player, that's all. Uh, Yeah, people thought that was going to be a huge downgrade. But Niski was very good in EU, too. He was hard carrying some games when he was in EU. And, yeah, I did not feel like they were downgrading, and it hasn't looked like it. Yeah, Niski's been uh, Niski. I'll be honest with like I th- I didn't think they were downgrading, but he, he's even exceeded my expectations. He's been excellent, and he's you know yeah. busted out the Vagar last week. Like, yeah, it's interesting. I Vagar's a really really good pick right now. By the way, a lot of people don't realize that. So I think you're going to be seeing more of him. Maybe you get a pocket pick like ban out of it. Right. I, I'm I'm all over Cloud on here. Yeah, me too. I'm all over it. Um. Yep. Probably moderate. I'll probably be three units on this. Like best of one max for me. I think this number is really, really good for Cloud9. I think TSM's jungle liabilities are going to be a problem. So, uh, CLG minus one fifty nine, Golden Guardians plus two uh, one twenty two. I kind of like CLG. CLG here. Yeah, they look good, dude. It, I'm Mister like anti CLG, but like over the course of the past couple of years, but like they just look good. Like they're a good team right now. They're not. I can't even. Oh, go ahead. They're not great. That's the thing. Like. CLG are unexciting, and they're not great. But I think they're good, and I think Golden Guardians is inconsistent enough that I, I'm I'm on CLG for a unit here, I think. 
I can't pinpoint it exactly, but this whole sp- like last split, I was really high on Golden Guardians and thought they were going to get better and better and better. And this split, I felt exactly the opposite. It felt it has not. They've not felt good to me, and I can't pinpoint exactly why. But they haven't felt good, and they felt like they were more likely to regress than improve this split for some reason. I I'm not. I'm not really sure what it is. You you made a point like a couple weeks ago talking about Golden Guardians. How these aren't young players anymore. Like everyone yeah. treats this team like they're this high potential team, and they're not. Like all these guys have been around. They've been around. Like even Deftly. Deftly's Except been in for the, the league. New bot lane, obviously, like, but... Deftly's been in the league. Like the new bot lane. Like the the new bot lane is literally new. So that's okay. Yeah. Whatever. But, but contracts and Hauntser have been around yeah, like, forever. Frog and super old. Ex- well, yeah, Froggen was the one that everybody knew. But like, this isn't like a new. This isn't like the high potential team. A lot of these players are still contracts. Is, I think he's like nineteen. 18, yeah. 19, like, he's still young. Definitely really, really young, too, if that ends up... Like, they're young, but that doesn't mean that they're rookies and have, like, tremendous upside, right? Like, yeah. usually, in league, there isn't a sophomore... There's sometimes a sophomore slump with people that spike really high in their rookie season, but usually in your sophomore year, people that didn't overperform tend to get a little bit better because they get the pro scene, they know how to adjust their play to how, how, it, how the team fits and all that, and this team, like... They're, they still feel like they're just like gated by whatever their draft is, and I don't know if that's like a coaching issue or a champion pool issue or just like the players like don't have the versatility to do it. But I feel like when they get comfort, Golden Guardians are like a playoff team, like they're good. When they don't, you don't know what you're getting, and it's so frustrating because you watch this team play, and their macro is so intelligent, right? They rarely throw leads. They know how to punch back. They just don't get the results. Right, and they don't have good enough lanes to get ahead to maintain leads. So they're they're kind of a weird they're they're a weird team that knows what to do with a lead, but they're bad at getting it. And like that that's my read on Golden Guardians, and that's why they feel so weird every week because like I could see them, you know, somebody gets a solo kill and they know how to close a game off that. They know how to push the advantage, take advantage of it, you know you know, assign lanes in the exact way they need to do and, and push an advantage home. It's just, that doesn't always happen. So I guess this, like to me, if you think golden guardians can get a lead in this game, I like betting golden guardians. I just don't see where that happens. Yeah. I think I'm going to be betting CLG pretty reasonably here. Like I say, I'm just, I have not been impressed with golden guardians this season. It feels right. Like Calvin, do you have anything like golden guardians? Just a weird vibe, right? Like it's like, they're really talented, but they're just not putting the pieces together. Yeah. Which is so weird because, like, you see the games that they win and they're, like, crystal clear. Like, it, they're so clean. It's like, it's like, wow, this seems, like, good. This looks like they exactly the kind of team that beats on bad teams all day long. They might have been figured out a little bit. Last season, there was a lot of frog and solo carry games. Yeah. Uh, teams might have adjusted to that a little bit better this season. Like I said, I haven't pinpointed exactly why I feel that way, but it's so weird because like the champion pool right now is like now I'll say this because on this patch you have the potential Lux Flex mid, you have Vagar, you have Corky. These are all Froggen picks. Yeah, Karma. Like these are all picks that he's played in the past and has been good on. Right. So Twisted Fate. You can play right now. Like these are all picks that he's he's played and had success with in his career. So the patch is good for him, but I don't know, man. This is tough. 
there's just a weird vibe about this team, and CLG are kind of just, like, solid. Like, CLG are just consistent as hell, which is the weirdest thing. Uh, next up, we have 100 Thieves against Echo Fox. 100 Thieves minus 182. I'm slamming that, man. Slamming the 100 Thieves minus 182. Yep. over 100 the Thieves. Which is so weird to say with how bad this season started, but Echo Fox is you're so not gonna bad. Get, you're not getting another team at, at this price against Echo Fox, or at least very rarely yeah. are you going to get them. And, this and is, this is whatever the book's system is saying like these two teams have kind of similar records that's yeah. it and that's the only yeah. thing and that's not the case at all these two teams going opposite directions so easy hundred thieves pick there right yep easy easy clutch one plus 115 optic minus 149 i'm gonna so, stick with optic yeah this one's this one's real weird i want to see the clutch draft on saturday I like before optic. i bet this game because my initial thought 100 percent is slam optic for sure but I kind of want to see how Clutch does their first draft with their new coach and see if maybe they've been a spoiled potential team. Because I always thought they had a ton of talent, like just individual play-wise, and we've never seen it show up in like the whole year. Yeah. And so I am kind of interested in their Saturday game to see if they just pull out like a normal draft and just stop. And if something like that happens, then I'd be more likely to bet them on Sunday. So I'm going to refrain from this one until I see their game on Saturday. See if I see a major change. Uh, yeah, I like that too. Let's see here. Um, okay, so that's it for NA this week. Uh, again, I didn't look into LMS or any of that. So what we'll do, uh, let's do pick of the week and then we'll do listener questions. Calvin, throw your pick of the week down there. So I'll do mine first. I'm going to be on EDG minus 132 against LNG. Uh, alternatively... You can take the EDG minus 1.5 at plus odds. Uh, you can get plus 192 on that. I like that as a pick as well. But I'm going to stick with the EDG money line. Uh, I, basically, I don't want to say it's two teams with opposite trajectories. I just think that EDG is being undervalued by the books here for how good they actually are. And LNG may be a tad overvalued. So I'm going to take the EDG money line minus For me, it's... Uh... 100 Thieves plus 135 against Optic. Um, I think the safer bet by a lot is the 100 Thieves against Echo Fox on Sunday, but I still think they're going to beat Optic and the line's better. So 100 Thieves plus 135 against Optic. All right, I dig it. I'll do Chris. So Chris has a uh, Chris uh, said his earlier in the cast, but he's taking King Zone against Damwon tomorrow morning at plus 117. Totally justifiable pick. Uh, he he talked about a little bit how he just thinks this line should be closer. Um, and like I said, like we talked about it during that, you know, game of the week that the value is probably in King Zone. It's just a matter of whether you want to, you know, bet against the red hot damn one or not. So uh, Chris is on King Zone plus one seventeen. Nice, Calvin. Nice. Yeah, Red Warriors plus one twenty versus V five. So pick of the week. Go for it. Very nice. Yep. Oh, I already said it. Yeah, less. we already talked about this. So basically, like, we don't think Victory Five is as good as their record. And oh yeah, Warriors yeah. is, you know, I think the bottom half is just better. Also, they, the, also the extra time off helps the bad teams a little bit more. Yeah, I know. So like, I know I've said that narrative a whole bunch this week, but and it doesn't always apply. But like historically, it does, and especially in like best of ones. So. That's why I'm doing all the EU picks this week and all too. So, all right. So, Rogue Warriors plus one twenty, King Zone plus one seventeen, 
100 Thieves against Optic, plus 135, and I'm EDG, minus 132 against LNG. So, alternatively, if you want to play a safer pick, I like Liquid against LG, too, but Calvin would disagree with that. I disagree. Also, for what it's worth, there's a lot of options this week, actually. Uh, there's a lot more value than I initially thought in this slate. I think it's weird because I'm heavier on the Western slate than I am normally this week. Because uh, I like CLG against Golden Guardians. I love Hundred Thieves against Echo Fox. I love Hundred Thieves, or I love Echo, or uh, Hundred Thieves against. Uh, or no, I love Liquid against CLG. I like NA is super battable. Yeah, NA has got a lot of value this week. So those are picks of the week. Oh, le- we'll just go over last. So last week I had FlyQuest minus one twelve against Echo Fox. It was the easiest thing ever. <laughs> uh, John hit LCK plus one thirty to win Rift Rivals, which I tailed and. Very nice. Um, Chris lost clutch plus 122 against CLG, and Calvin had JDG plus 237 against Griffin. I got at, bamboozled. Again, at Rift Rivals. <laughs> a little bamboozled there. but So for the week, so for the year, uh, we are 30 and 37 as a cast. We are plus 6.05 units. I am 11 and 7, plus 5.25. John is 7 and 9, minus 1.5. Chris, I have now surpassed Chris. Chris is nine and eight at plus five point one six, and Calvin is three and thirteen, but only minus two point eight six because he's taking them heavy underdogs. So, still up money on the year, doing pretty well. Let's gotta see if we can get above five hundred now. So, uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, but we're gonna take some listener questions here, and I don't, we'll we'll, we'll kind of go with time here. We might not get to all of these this week. Maybe we'll save some for next week, but. Uh, we got a. We put the call out for some listener questions, and we got a whole bunch of them from a couple different people uh, through DMs and tweets. So uh, we're gonna try to make this a thing. I think if we can keep getting consistent questions, uh, if not, we'll just you know turn through whatever we get in the mailbag, so to speak. So uh, we'll open up with <clears throat> easy one. So if this is uh, a couple of these from at Woodstock Wins. We have what's the difference between a vision word and a sight word, right? It's pretty easy. So, a vision ward uh, has four health. It's it doesn't matter how much damage you deal to it. It's just four hits and it dies. A vision ward is visible by every party. Everybody can see it, and it will not only cancel any hidden sight wards, but uh, it reveals them for you to kill them. So it will cancel any vision that the enemy team has, and it will allow you to see those wards and kill them. But it is visible by all parties, so you can use it to clear it out. Um, it used to be the case that you could buy vision words and sight words. Now you can't buy sight words. You have to buy vision. You can only buy vision words, and you have to get sight words from trinkets or items. So it didn't used to be the case. And if you want to go way, way back in league history, you used to be able to buy as many. You used to be able to buy up to five sight words and up to three vision words. So. If you go way back and look at VODs from, like, Season 2, Season 3, Season 4, uh, support, like, supports literally would not have, they'd have, like, half an item by the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, they have no they'd, items. Because they'd be spending, like, that, like, a thousand gold on wards every game. So, they would literally, like, back, refill five wards, refill three pink wards, and reset. Nowadays, it's a little bit different, so... And that's why those changes came through because support was so unfun to play when you couldn't even get a whole item because you just had to spend all of your gold on wards all the time. Yeah. You'd fight a little vision battle on the river, 
where you'd place a ward and kill theirs and they'd place one and kill yours. <laughs> and over the course of like three minutes, you'd both waste like 400 gold in wards. And you're just like, oh my God, come on. Yeah. Come on. It was, it, this was back when uh, gold generation per five items were like a hip thing and supports would literally build gold per five items uh, just to get money for wards because they were not getting income other than the passive income from like the game itself. So. It was it was basically like supports had like their own economy. It was like really bizarre, and what ended up happening was it, it became one. The game became really really snowbally uh, because you could just uh, you could just abuse vision if everybody if you could have fifteen pink wards on your team, you could just shut teams out of vision entirely. Uh, there was also Oracle's elixir back in the day, which was an item. It was a four hundred gold potion that you could buy. That would give you an AOE, like think of like Karthus Defile, like his AOE, like that range of, or like the red trinket now, uh, that just lasted for four minutes. So you would just buy an Oracle's Elixir for 400 gold and just have, you you became a vision word for four minutes. And allowed you to see invisible units and all sorts of other stuff too. So, uh, But back in the day, the, the vision game was a lot different and it created these games that it was really, really easy to stall out as well. Once teams figured out how to not lose really hard. Vision became too good and they had to kind of nerf it because you would end up with these stalemates because the enemy team would see exactly where you are. The entire map would be lit up. Like 80% of the map would be covered in vision at any given time. So you would know exactly where the enemy team was, exactly what they were doing, and it was really easy to play defense. So it encouraged a really defensive play style, which Riot and really I think most viewers didn't like. Uh, I liked it, but I'm weird. So uh, they so they had to get around, and basically they they make it now so that it's it's you need to be more targeted, more focused with your vision. So teams that have good vision control are even more impressive now, I think, than they were years ago because you have to be much more focused now. Like the team, if you want to take vision of the Baron Pit, that's like a five person job. Yeah, you need to have like probably three vision wards to cover every angle, to cover everything, to make sure that the vision's completely shut out. It's not just one person doing the job of everybody anymore. It used to be just the support's job. Now it's a whole team job, which I think it's it's, it's a better place. It's it's more skill intensive, I think. So that's a good question. We'll do um let's do one from I'm gonna hop around here a little bit. So we'll do one from uh this is from Josh Roberts at Roberts number forty nine. He says, what sites, books do you guys use for esports betting? I'll pass this uh, down the line first to you guys. So I pretty much exclusively bet on Bovada. I do have some other sites that I bet on, and I have some friends that can bet on Euro sites. So when I get limited on Bovada in some way or capacity or another, I can bet other places. Luckily, I have kind of a unique situation in that I play poker on Bovada, and so Bovada is very hesitant to limit me in betting which is kind of a, a rare scenario that a lot of other people don't deal with. They make a lot of money from my rake in poker, and so they are not they don't want to lose that by limiting my betting. And I have called them before and said, if you keep limiting me, I'm not going to play there anymore, and they raise my limits. And so I get some luck in that sense. Um, I would have been limited out of being able to bet there if it wasn't for the poker that I play. So, um, okay, no, I was going to say, my bookie in Bovada, I like Bovada a lot. A lot more though, so. Bovada's awesome. I'm so jealous, John. <laughs> uh, so I use a combination of Bet Online and Sportsbook AG, as well as Five Dimes, and we'll probably soon be moving to Bet 365 once they open up in Jersey. Uh, 
there are a number of books. Uh, we can. This could be like a whole episode in itself, but there's a number of different uh, sites. If you're from Europe, your options are a lot more wide open than they are in the United States. Uh, so we're in other places, not just the U.S., but Europe has a wide open set of options for, Tons of- for esports betting, and a lot of the books have excellent esports. Pro- Bet365, for my mo- Bet365 and Bovada, I think have probably the best esports books. Besides, like esports specific spots like uh, like Nitrogen and all those, right? Where um, there's just a lot of options. You can bet everything. You can bet every angle. You can bet kill spreads. You can bet all of this different stuff. They they just have a lot of options, and it's a reputable book that's yep. been in business for a long time. So um, yeah, that's where that's where I'm at. Uh, always open to other opportunities, but right now uh, your your options are kind of limited in the United States. There's not, since it's kind of. Sports betting in the United States is a it's it's kind of a it's kind of a it's a very restricted, regulated industry. But with it being legalized in a lot of states now, uh, I think things are opening up a little bit, and we're going to see some more books. So we'll see. Right now, our options are pretty limited. I think in the U.S., Bovada is probably your best option. So if that's available to you, then I'd highly recommend that. So thank you for the question, Roberts. Forty nine. We'll do. What do you guys think? One more. I can do however many. Yeah, that's cool. We'll do we'll do two more because there's one I think here that's this one's easy, and then we'll uh, we'll do one that's a little more in depth, and then we'll call it a cast for now. So uh, from at Missouri Knoll, uh, he asks, uh, "Do you hate Yumi as much as I do?" So I don't know if this is like a strategic question or just like the character itself. So I'll I'll take this first if you guys want. Like okay, so I think in the history of of MOBAs, that kind of design space where you have invulnerability frames, whether it's League of Legends or Dota or Paladins or or what have you, right? That design space is always insanely risky. Like it's super risky. Like Yumi is either going to be the best character in the game or the worst character in the game. There's, like, no in-between. So I, I don't tend to like... I like when you explore new space, but it's super, super risky, and it's going to be a real challenge for the balance team to find the right spot for Yumi, I think. And the reason it's challenging is because you, when you have a character that's untargetable, that's really, really powerful in games like this. It's just really, really powerful. There's just like There's no counterplay to that, right? The counterplay has killed both of them which is never a good answer, right? Like, that's that's not the kind of situation you ever want to be in. Uh, also, not just the untargetability factor, but she reminds me a lot of, um, if anyone's played Dota 2 or Dota, uh, Io or Wisp from Dota, which is a hardcore, like, all-in support champion that, like, barely functions on its own otherwise. For the most part, there are some weird carry builds, but... Uh, and what they do is it, it encourages this style of, like, build up a hyper carry and just, like, hard protect it. And every time we've seen that in League that champion's been nerfed to the ground. Soraka, Lulu, uh, Janna, like, all these, like, they call them enchanter supports or whatever. Uh, anytime that they've been good, they've just been immediately nerfed to the ground. Or it's been, like, a slow bleed where it's like, okay, maybe this isn't the problem. And then over time, they're like, oh, yeah, it was the problem. So <laughs> I know in, in competitive Dota, like, IO has been, like, picked or banned for, I'd say, a good chunk of the game's competitive lifespan of the last like decade or so uh just because that effect is really really powerful like hardcore all-in supports like that are very very powerful and yumi gets the uncounterable aspect too so 
I don't know. I like Yumi. I think it's cool. I think some of the stuff you can do is really, really creative. Uh, last night we saw – who said – oh, last night in one of the minor leagues in Europe, we saw Garen Yumi in the bot lane in, like, I think the UK league. I was just reading about it on Twitter. I was like, wow, that's insane. Like, doesn't surprise me at all. But I think – I actually think if Yumi doesn't get nerfed, this is, like, only the beginning of what we've seen with this character. But I don't know. I also think she's frustrating as hell, so I kind of do hate her. What do, you, what do you guys think about Yumi? I think she's OP. <laughs> I pretty much agree with Gelati in that, like, I think she's going to be very hard to balance, but I don't hate her. I think she's fine. And I play bot lane and solo queue a lot, too, and she's very annoying there, but I, I don't hate her the way I think a lot of people do. I think it is. She's cool. It's a cool character. Yeah, she's definitely very cool. cool. It's just. And I like that they're willing to try weird stuff that they haven't tried before, like they did with Yumi. I, I think that's important that they keep doing that if they're going to keep making champions yeah i'm, I'm always all for just I, i'm all people complain about it all the time and it's like kind of a meme at this point that that new champs are op but like try push something powerful and then it's easier to nerf something than to, to over buff it right so i'm a fan of that uh we'll do one more this one is a little depth to it uh i like this question a lot actually because i get asked this all the time so uh, another one from at Woodstock wins. Uh, why does blue team win 54, 54% of the time? So this question is a lot of layers to it. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes, but there's a really, really good, there's a couple really, really good articles on why this is the case. Uh, I'll also point out that the 54% number is relative to re- like not every region is 54%. It's like the number that people usually cite for like solo queue and just like the overarching, like, all-encompassing solo queue plus pro scene plus all this stuff is about that number. Um, so we'll stick with that for now. But just know that some reasons, China specifically, red side is like a higher win rate most of the time. So why does blue side have a higher win rate? Uh, I could go on this for a while. I actually like have a couple. I took. Some I think you're times. probably you're probably the the biggest expert in actual League of Legends gameplay versus the rest of us, so I'm I'm happy to have you cover it. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of layers to this. There's I'd say there's like four to five factors that really play into this. And it's a lot of things that are that seem small but are not. It's a big deal. So first things first, um I'm just gonna go in order of like how I'm thinking about it. So first things first if you just split the map down the middle, there's more people on the bottom side of the map than the top side of the map. It's just the nature of bottom lane and support. This is a big reason. We'll talk about it later, but like this is a big reason why I actually like lane swap meta. But because you were able to kind of like cancel out this advantage, and now you can't. So there's two people in the bottom. There's there's four people in the bottom lane if you count both teams. The dragon is also on the bottom side of the map, which means um, there's fights that fights are more likely to happen around the dragon than they are around top side of the map. Uh, blue side has an easier time sneaking dragons. They have an easier time getting vision of the dragon area, and they have an easier time getting out into the river and then escaping because their escape pads are a lot safer than the red side escape pads. Now, it's easy to say, okay, they both have two ramps that go into the into the river from that angle. There's two narrow choke points for red side, and there's two much less narrow choke points on blue side, so it's safer. They can also sneak Baron. They can also get veg, uh, vision of, or not Baron, Dragon. Dragon through the back of the Dragon Pit. Um, also, the control ward in the bot tri-brush for blue side is really, really important for maintaining vision control uh, because it means that the other team 
can't actually know what's coming. They just have to blind guess it, which a lot of times they do. You know, like TLDR, it's kind of like a long, the the Bashai Tribush. It's kind of a, it's it's a really really long and arduous explanation, but it, it it matters a lot more than it looks like for vision control for the entire river, not just uh, the bot try itself. So blue side bot try always having the ability to get a pink ward there and control that vision is a really really important point because it controls three different paths into that area. Um, what else? There's another there's another part of this uh, ganking from blue side. Generally speaking, is a lot easier for most junglers. Um, I'll give an example. So top side, uh, if if you're the red side jungler and you want to gank top lane, all the other jungler needs all the other top laner needs to do is have a ward in the in the uh, the first bush and river there. They're going to be able to see you coming from tri brush into the river and there, which means they need, they don't need to progress their, their vision as forward as you do. Meanwhile, if you're the jungler ganking there, it's a lot harder for you to see the other jungler coming because while they only have one ramp, they could also come through lane. It's a lot harder to cover, to get vision into the blue side top tri brush than it is the other way around. And the neutral spot that top that bush in the top river is a lot easier for the blue side top laner to get because it's on his side of the river. Uh, what this means is from blue side, and you're kind of seeing... I'll, I'll, I'll give an example in pro play right now. Part of the reason you're seeing Jason Karma as such high-priority picks and such high-priority blind picks blue side is that if you're the blue side top laner, you can just basically push. And, and if you push, you're protecting yourself if you have that one ward because it makes the only possible gank from the enemy top laner a lane gank. So if you push up... You can see that they're they're coming, and the the lane gank is all of a sudden offline, and all of a sudden your top laner is just perma shove for the whole game. So you end up having to play super cheesy stuff like Zac or Kane, or like you have to get real creative and like hop through Drat, like Baron Pit and stuff like that. You have to jump through all these hoops to gank topside as the red side jungler, and it gives a pretty. That's probably the most sizable advantage in professional play. Is that it's it makes it really really hard to gank topside as the red team, which is why you don't often see a lot of topside counter picks as much as you'd like because it's almost useless a lot of the time. So because they're just going to get shoved. Um, there was one other thing. Oh, so this one matters. No, uh, there's two other things. So there's pick order. So red side does get counter picks. So that's that's the one that's one of the few advantages red side does have because they pick last in the draft so you can see more and counter more. They also get two picks before the other side gets one. The thing is, historically speaking, over a large sample size, just having the first pick on like the champion you want and being proactive in the draft has served a lot better has fared a lot better than being reactive in the draft and trying to counter, right? So Generally speaking, over the course of League's professional lifespan, just having the first pick has mattered more than counterpick. It just is what it is. They're, China is the exception to this. China, red side, has had a lot more success than the other regions. Uh, there have been some seasons where red side actually has a positive win rate. Like right now, China's red side, blue side is like 50-50, whereas Korea, for example, is like 58 for blue side. It's a big, big difference. So... And then one last thing, this doesn't matter as much for pro scene, uh, for for professional players because they're good enough to overcome this and they play unlocked, but if you actually play the actual visual split and angle that League of Legends comes by, it's disadvantageous for topside. So there's a big argument for people to 
want to have like a mirrored camera where your view is from bottom side, whether you're on top or bottom, they just mirror the actual in game. But like the logistics of that are kind of a nightmare. So uh, there, you actually see less looking from top side from the perspective of the camera. You're seeing less on the bottom side of the map, whereas from the bottom side you're seeing more. But most pros play unlocked, so it doesn't matter as much. But that's just one other thing. So yeah. Really, really complicated answer. I'll actually put a link to an article, uh, probably the best article I've seen on this uh, in the show notes, if anyone has any more interest. Um, John, Cal, I don't know if you guys have anything that I forgot. <laughs> I probably forgot something, but... The, I think the access to the the times at the game in which you want to go to the Baron and the Dragon, I think, favor the blue side. I don't know that this is something that you guys would say, but, but you talked about the Dragon. And with the Baron... Being on blue side allows you to start and move off of it very quickly, where the red side, if they want to try to start the dragon, they're stuck there. They have to run all the way around to get out, and so if the enemy team comes in from a surround, they can't get away. The blue team can pop in, start it, and run away through their blue buff. Yeah. And so I think it's, it, and that is the point of the game when you want to be doing that. So, uh, yeah, I think there's an advantage at the Baron pit as well. Yeah. So red side has taken more Baron. I think it's red side's taking more Barons than Rift Heralds, I think it is. Red side gets easier vision on the Baron, but it's harder for them to do so it. So Red side statistically does actually get Baron more often, but a small percentage of that advantage is steals, and another another angle of it is it's easier for them to protect to to take away vision in their jungle. It's the one it's it's one of the few advantages Red side does have is that it's really, really – you have to be really, really aggressive with your vision as the blue team to go into the red side jungle and take the red side jungle's vision away, like the barren side. Yep. So it's very all in. The counter to that is that red side has to basically all in for a baron outside of steals. So uh, I, it's a real thing. It's actually a problem that – it's kind of like lost steam in recent years, but there was a period of time like four or five years ago where this was like the hot topic, like – what's Riot ever going to do to balance red versus blue? Whereas I think now it's just kind of, it's weird because you used to have lane swaps to counter some of this. Whereas lane swaps, you'd basically split the map in half and make it even. But so part of the reason Riot put the Rift Herald in was to try to counteract some of this, but it just hasn't panned out. Like it turns out Rift Herald hasn't mattered as much as dragons. Uh, that's that's really what it boils down to. So maybe at some point they buff that. It's not. I think it's not as big a deal as just like a team being better. But there is something to red side versus blue side, and I think it matters more for like drafting and approach to games more than the actual mechanics of it. Even though the mechanics do favor blue side, so it's a it's a really really interesting discussion that honestly we could have did as its own question and own segment. But yeah, red side versus blue side. <laughs> uh, I will. I will say this is a uh, maybe the most poignant thing to take from this whole really deep question is red side top laners are a lot more restricted than blue side ones are, and it's a lot easier to just pick a safe blue side top laner and just shove because that's the safest. The safest place for a blue side top laner to be is just pushed, and that's not the case for red side bottom side or red side top side. So it's it's a really, really easy advantage to get. So, like, any time that there's a champion like Karma or Maokai or Scion or – I'm trying to think of, like, these top – Rumble. Like, these – like, Rumble Rumble has an obscenely high win rate, blue side, because Rumble shoves and doesn't need to worry about ganks except from a few select champions top side. 
because he shot he will outshove you and you can't gank him it's really hard to gank him early because he can 2v1 right so any champion like that um it's it's worth noting for like live dra- like draw like live betting purposes betting drafts and stuff like that that uh uh it's a pretty big advantage for for blue side so which is why you see blind top picks so often from blue side that's why karma is really good right now so yeah, that was a long answer. It's a really complicated question, and I can honestly go into it even more, but well, I'll spare your ears the digressions for the time being. <laughs> so I'll thank uh, at Woodstock Wins, at Roberts number 49, and Missouri Knoll, at Missouri Knoll, for the questions. Uh, the, I do have more from these guys, but as we offer to anybody, feel free to tweet us, feel free to DM us on Twitter, whatever, what have you. Um, Get questions to us. We love these kind of things, and I would like to make this a segment if we can. Maybe we'll open with it or close with it every week. So feel yeah, free to, to ship us questions. It's always more interesting. It gives us it gives us a good feel for where you guys are too as as listeners. So it's a it's a win win situation. So uh, what do we got for sign offs this week? I got to be honest with you, John. I th- I, I didn't I, I saw that I wrote it down. I didn't get enough time to think about your movie question. I'm gonna have to take a rain check until next week. Oh no, you're good. I do have a I do have a sign off this week with a conversation I was having with my wife. So, for anyone who has never followed my wife in particular, you'd know this if you followed my wife. But me and my wife are vegetarians, um, and I don't want to argue about politics, but I'm very liberal. But I want to take issue with my fellow liberals on one thing uh, today, which is I want people to understand that being progressive um, is something that you can do infinitely essentially. And I've noticed recently that there's a lot of beef between various sects of liberals because everyone wants the other groups to be more liberal and more liberal and more liberal, more progressive in some way or another. So as the the most common example, which you might've guessed from my first part is vegans talking badly towards vegetarians. And then, you know, they say, you know, oh, well, how can you be a vegetarian and not be a vegan? Like, you know, if you believe in no animal cruelty, you have to take this next step as well. My issue is, and I would, this is the part that I, that I want people to understand is that that is an infinite cycle. Like there's always something more you could be doing to be more environmentally friendly, to be more friendly to animals. You could live in a log cabin in the woods where you farm all your own produce and you never buy anything from corporations and you still live in a log cabin that required chopping down trees. Like there's always something you can do to be more. So stop getting on people for not going far enough and just appreciate what people are doing. I also notice for the record that most people pick and choose what they want to be liberal about. That's And then... Yes, and then shit on everybody who doesn't do whatever their form of liberalism is very badly, but not accept that um, that that they don't do the things that the other people are doing. So, yeah, just stop hating on each other. Appreciate that everybody's trying to be progressive or the people that are trying. Appreciate that everybody's trying, that people are taking steps forward, that society is generally going that way. And stop hating inner, you know, intergroupally about various different things. I'm tired of hearing people argue whether it's harder to be gay or black. Like I'm, t- I'm tired of it, dude. Just everything's hard. We don't need to be infighting with each other about who has a tougher time or who's more persecuted or who's not doing enough. Just appreciate that society's moving forward. That people are trying to do their best. Let's let's move forward. Take, in the world take, here. take any kind of wins you can get because yeah, just right, be happy difficult. that other people are trying. You know, I'd agree. I, yeah, that's Cal, that's my uh, my brain this week, Cal. 
Um, so I'm gonna say this, guys. Please, uh, please use deodorant. Oh my god! Um, Hygiene gal strikes again. There's so many times on the basketball courts where, man, it's just incredible when people don't wear deodorant. You know what I mean? And it's it's just it's not just like there. You know what I mean? Like working out. I mean, I it's just in general. And if you don't believe in deodorant. Like, Dude, we play please. magic tournaments. You don't gotta tell us, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, ref- like, just like refresh yourself. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just people don't want to smell you. And honestly, at the same time, like, you, for some reason, I don't know. It's just sweat glands. You know, I mean, not for some reason, but I know that sweat glands releases the odor. Blah blah blah. But you can literally stop that odor and also wash your clothes. Be right. respectful to your surroundings, man. Like, yeah, that's like, for real. Maybe that's the I, takeaway from both of your guys' sign-offs so far, is just, like, be respectful to people. <laughs> like, it's not... It takes a little bit of effort sometimes. It does. Sometimes it takes a lot of effort. But just, like, be considerate of the people around you. Like, everyone's struggling with some shit. Yeah, I guess I didn't actually really, when I was talking a minute ago, I didn't really stress that point enough, but, like, just being negative in general is bad. Going out there and being like, I'm so much more progressive than you, blah, 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 you're like, blah. That's cares, just negative, man. man. <laughs> just making the world worse to go out there and shit shit on people. Just, there's no reason for it. Go ahead, Cal. No, it's, it's, a, it's a, <laughs> we're good. Uh, man, I didn't, I once again didn't plan anything for this. Uh, I'll say, oh, also, uh, don't, okay. don't talk about Gen G with Vince. <laughs> <laughs> You wanna you wanna see a, a trigger alert? You wanna see you wanna see you wanna see me get triggered? Just mention Gen G in a conversation seriously, and uh, I'll get there. Yeah. I, so I'll say this. Um, I didn't really think this through, but uh, I'll do. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow a segment from my podcast that I listen to. Uh, they do what's called poops and scoops. And I'll pass this down the line to you guys too once I do it. So what they do is they do poops. It's something you want to shit on. And then scoops. Uh, it's it's from a Magic Podcast. The it implies scooping somebody into top eight, right? So we'll do poops and scoops. I'm gonna poops on night shift because going from days to nights and back and forth really messes with your brain, and it really made me upset about Gen G this morning. And I was like irrationally upset about Gen G this morning. So poops and night shift. Uh, scoops to hmm. Think about this. Scoops to the international coming up in Dota 2, which is the world championships for Dota 2. And so, a brief aside, I wish League of Legends would adopt the format that the international uses, which is two groups of eight teams, and they play double round robin eight teams. So we get to see 14 matches per team instead of the six or whatever we get to see from the group stages for Worlds for League. I know why they do it that way, but... uh if you, if you haven't watched it, the International is basically just like the NCAA tournament for Dota, and it's unbelievably fun to watch. Like, there's just, there's five games going on at once. You could have, like, five monitors up. You have no idea what's going on. You can't follow all of them. Like, it's it's crazy. It's super crazy. The prize pool's obscene. The cast, I'll say this, the casting talent in that game is, is excellent. I think they have better casters than League does. So, even if you don't really know what's going on too much, I'd highly recommend checking it out. It's outstanding. 
I don't know anything about Dota, and I always watch international games it's every year so from the international because it is, it is tons of fun to watch, and it's, I don't know anything about Dota. It's mad hype. They're always like, oh, my God, he took Rip Jack and the Goblin. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that sounds strong. <laughs> but... It's awesome. Like So, yeah, scoops to the international because uh, all, quali- all the close qualifiers for that are happening now, which is like the actual LAN tournaments, and they're ramping up to see who the actual teams are that go, and that'll be in the next couple weeks. So scoops to the international. Get a little uh, little non-league gaming action going in here. I think that's going to be it for us this week, guys. Anything else? That's all, but let's play some Teamfight Tactics. Everybody uh, yeah, up. I'm going to cut this up, post it, and then <laughs> play some TFT. So, uh, yeah, feel free to add us. We'll play some TFT. We'll get some listener games in for TFT as well. Everybody have a great night, and good luck this weekend. Good luck. Later. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.